0: Hello, welcome to the University of Brighton podcast. I'm Richard Newman. If you're new to these podcasts, and it's very possible you are, as we move closer to a new academic year, in this pod we talk to students, academics and staff about a range of topics, key information about the university, groundbreaking research, unique stories. There's something here for everyone, so check out the back catalogue. This is the first of three episodes looking ahead to the new academic year. And with the world dealing with the coronavirus pandemic, things will of course look different at the start. A lot of planning has gone into making sure a safe environment has been created for you. And this episode focuses on new students moving into accommodation. So I'm joined this week by Richard Rolfe, Residences Operations Manager, Henry McCready, Project Manager, and Amy Stanfast, Residential Life Coordinator. Thanks all for coming on. Okay, let's get started with you first, Richard. Just how much has gone into the planning?
1: Yeah, this has been, uh, you know, an immense piece of work that the whole university has been working on since the the COVID pandemic broke six months ago. Um, And there's, I mean, from the very top down, a lot of planning and preparation uh, and response to government guidance, of course, as well. Um, so, So the short answer is there's been about six months of preparation to get us to where we are now, ready for the new students to move in.
0: Mm. we'll get into some of the logistics or a lot of the logistics in just a moment there will clearly be a lot of people around the country who are concerned about students um, coming to university migrating around the country can you tell us about the intensity of making sure that you know no stone is being left unturned
1: yeah absolutely so we we're clearly following the government guidance but there's there's a lot of detail to that but the, the broad answer is where government has guidance on For example social distancing and and things like that we've we've put that in place at the university signage and so on to make sure that people can follow those rules clearly they know when they're into a building they need to wear a face mask and things like that for example so um the the details that you've probably seen elsewhere you know when you've got shopping and out to the pub and things like that so we're following similar kind of guidance and i guess the difference for us is that we also provide homes for over two thousand people
0: Amy, you're a residential life coordinator. Can you tell us what that role um, is and sort of how you're going to be supporting the well-being of students who themselves may be a little bit concerned about moving to a new place with uh, new people from all over the country?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So the programme that I work on is the residential life scheme. So essentially what we do in the halls of residence and in our university homes is we Aim to create a sense of community for the students and it's all about friendship and mentoring is kind of the key aspects of that and we know that with the global pandemic the way that we support students is going to be adapted but really the aim is just to provide the best level of support and care that we possibly can. Following obviously the university strategy of putting students at the heart of everything that we do that just kind of follows through for all of us and I think it's ingrained in all of our members of staff who are kind of working on this at the moment so the support that we're going to be providing will be adapted but it will be to the same level of kind of care and there's been so much thought that's been put into that with how we are going to be supporting our students virtually moving forward. Um, at the start of next academic term so yeah it will be um, the same level of open communication we'll still be encouraging students to come to us with any issues and concerns that we have and we're always available for students when they need support.
1: Yeah, I think the great thing there is that a lot of that is already in place you know the university puts a great emphasis on that residential life program and the kind of support that you get when you're living in halls and that's just been adapted to fit the current climate.
0: I think we'll talk about the residential life program in a little bit more detail, a little bit later, Amy. Um, Henry, let's get into some of the detail. If you're moving into halls, what do you need to make sure uh, it's, it's done in a safe and organized way for everyone?
3: Yeah, so, so kind of like what Richard said, we've put effort into every single element of the whole experience throughout halls. So the first step for a student is to make sure you've got your booking slot booked in and you understand the processes there. We've put measures in place, so those booking slots now will give, uh, give our teams the ability to manage social distancing and halls, both for all the students that need to move in over the next few weeks, but also we've got more processes in place to make sure that the hall's experience, the, the the use of masks around halls, all that kind of stuff's all implemented. So we recommend that students at the first step follow the email that we send them just before they move in, so they understand what we expect when they're moving in and listen to our teams who will be here to help throughout the whole move-in move time. Mm.
0: And I think it's really important to make sure that, you know. These are, they're going to be smaller numbers of people that are going to be able to come on site to help unload cars and things like that. You know, traditionally, yes, maybe it might be a a big family thing. And everyone says goodbye doing that in the same way. It's just, it's just not going to be possible this year.
3: Yeah. So students are definitely still bring helpers with them. That's still encouraged, but we only will allow one helper to come into halls physically and help them move in. And that's just to manage the amount of people in the buildings. Uh, and obviously when you're in buildings, follow the signage on the floors and the walls, make sure you're following the right, the, the, the right routes, routes to entry and exit, and it will keep it really simple. But our team are here to make sure it's, it's comfortable. So if you've got any questions on the day, speak to our staff, all wearing yellow jumpers, uh, all very helpful.
0: Mm-hmm. So what can people expect when they arrive at their halls then?
3: Yeah, so when they, when they arrive onto a campus, uh, there'll be plenty of signage to direct. Uh, Cars and 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 people arriving through different methods to the right location uh, on each campus The best thing to look out for is is our staff They're they're the most the most prominent sign we have and they'll then direct you around where to park where to unload where to get your keys Uh, We always recommend students have their IDs ready. because That's an important thing. You need to get your keys quickly Uh, And then when you get your keys you'll get information from our our reception team and our halls team about where to go Get a map of the site all that kind of good stuff so it should be really really simple and we've also installed lots of flags around halls so you'll be able to you'll be able to find your destination really easy uh, and when you arrive on site and if at any point you have any questions the best thing to do is just speak to our staff follow the guidance that you would have got on your emails but also there's lots of stuff in your bedrooms as well which will give you more advice and more guidance around what to do around campus.
1: The key difference that's uh in place this year for a moving period is that we've got a week so we've got welcome week whereas in the past It was traditional, as at most universities, we've got move-in weekend. And clearly we've needed to socially distance people and and create far more move-in slots. So that period will be a more gentle period over the space of a whole week.
0: The situation will be a little bit different for international students who are coming to study with us, won't it, Richard? For some of them anyway.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So if, if a student's from a country that's not on the allowed list, they'll need to quarantine as anyone else would when they come to the UK. Um, you know we've been making sure we've got arrangements in place to allow those students to move into halls um, the 14 days earlier and then we'll put into place some support packages to feed them and make sure that they're looked after whilst they're in quarantine um, so they don't get too bored whilst they're seeing out that period Um, and of course the international team have got in place an orientation program anyway that those students can participate in online. Before we move
0: on to sort of how you can make the most of your Experience in halls and, and, and still you know, have that experience of making friends and that sort of collegiate uh, environment and atmosphere. Can we talk about household bubbles first? I don't know who'd like to take this question, but um, we we're recording this on a day when government guidelines have changed. Of course, they will continue to change throughout this academic year, but rules and gatherings, no more than six people have been brought in. But in a hall situation, what is a, uh, a household bubble?
1: The government's given really clear guidance to the university sector on this, actually, and that the creation of a household bubble is the group of people who move into a house. So, for example, a flat of six or eight or however many it may be, that forms a new household. So then the rules that apply to you as a member of that household are exactly the same as they are for anyone else living at home or out in the private sector. So this is the situation,
0: is it? It's, this is your new home. You know, we, if, if someone gets ill at home, one of your family members, you will have to self-isolate. You have to, you have to stay in your home. That's the situation here with halls uh, in your flat.
3: Absolutely. Uh, but the, in, in halls, the best thing about, about it is that we've got a, a great deal of support networks in place to, to help students out. And we've put a lot of effort into the way the halls function these days so a lot more of the services and facilities you get around halls have been made, made digital so you'll be able to get access to maintenance and, and well-being support at any point throughout any any time of the day and we think that's a, a really good asset to have in a home and we think that's going to make this whole process and this whole time period quite easy for students.
0: So this is your new household bubble and I guess Richard throughout the term you'd be trying to encourage people not to go back and forth to where their usual home is.
1: Yeah, that's correct. The, the the government guidance on this is quite clear that once you arrive at university, your, your new flat to, to university is your new household bubble and that's the household you belong to and you follow the same guidance as anyone else living, you know, at home or in the private sector. Um, it's not to say you can't go home, you know, movement between two households is allowed, but it's strongly discouraged from going back and forth between more than one place too often.
0: Stressing that, you know, y- mixing flats especially in large numbers is a is you know it's it's going to be a a no-no this is i mean it's literally now it's it's against the law
1: yeah absolutely and this this clearly is changing all the time and uh, you know as we speak it's just changed again um and and yeah it's just the same as if you were at home you have to follow those same rules and um i mean as we speak you're allowed six people to mix in a social setting that might well change as we go forward but we as a team will keep students updated of that. So this is, again, as Henry was saying, when you're in the hall setting, the information flow and the the support team that's there in place can probably get that information and guidance to you a bit quicker than you maybe uh, get at home. And you might even miss at home. I know there's plenty of things that I've picked up late in the news. Mm.
0: Uh, Just clarify for us, in a situation where, you know, hopefully it doesn't happen, but in a situation where someone might... Uh, test positive for COVID-19, what would happen to that student and the rest of the flat?
1: Okay, yeah, so the university has a process uh, designed to deal with this situation um, led by Public Health England, so we've taken the advice of the the government again, but that student would clearly have to isolate as they would if they were living at home, and everyone who's a member of that household would have to isolate. Um, That's if there's a positive test. Um, If you get a negative test, you can go back to normal.
0: Amy, what would happen in, with the sort of well-being support that would be available if that scenario does come to fruition?
2: Yeah, I think that's a good question because that's going to be one of the most important features of the support that we offer. You know, if we're asking students to self-isolate in their flats for two weeks, we are anticipating that that might cause some kind of isolation from, you know, the outside world and, and the rest of the student community. So being in touch with the students is going to be so important at that time. And that support is going to be virtual based on, obviously, the needs of self-isolating students. Um, but we're going to be touching base with those students and offering them any support that we can. So it might just be having a chat with one of our student volunteers or one of our full-time members of staff. But it's, it's also about those practical things that students will need help with so I don't know if if they need food delivered to them through our kind of on-campus services if they need to ask questions about how am I going to do my laundry or how when are my bins going to be collected it's all of those little nuances that I think students will want advice and guidance around and that's why we're referring them straight to us so we can just kind of answer those questions for them.
0: Well Henry I think it's a good opportunity there to say what would happen in that situation where you know you are isolating in a flat, but you, you need your food.
3: Yeah, and that's the, one of the best things about these residential communities that we build is that everything's quite seamless. So if you need food, you can uh, follow a link that you'll get from Amy's team, and then you can just order food for our, our on-campus services and it will arrive at your door. I think that's the, just the most magical thing about this is that we can do all that and it's completely seamless with the, with the experience. And it will make, hopefully, if that that situation does happen to a student, it will make it as easy as possible. And that's what we're here to do.
0: So, Amy, when a student is looking for for some advice, for some help, um, where should they be going to? Uh, Is there a, a certain website or an email address that people should be accessing?
2: So every student who lives in our halls or who lives in a uni homes will have um, a poster in their flat kitchen. So they all have an assigned student residential advisor. So there are student volunteers who work within the student community. So they'll have the specific contact details for their student RA but there is also a shared inbox that we use so it's resilife at brighton.ac.uk and essentially if a student has any questions we just encourage them to email us there and we can either support them so through our kind of full-time staff team or if it's something kind of more informal that could be picked up by a student residential advisor we would direct them there. Um, but yeah we, we pick up any kind of concerns and issues that students have and that also comes through our social media channels too so sometimes we get students commenting um, or asking questions on the halls Facebook pages or on Instagram but yeah it's, it's always directed to us and we always pick it up as, as kind of quickly as we can and, and get back to students.
3: And just to add to that as well the, um, the induction process through halls will give them all of that information as well including some of the self-isolation process uh, side of things so it's definitely worth reading that induction, and also reading the halls website when you arrive.
0: Yeah, you mentioned induction there, Henry, yeah, no. how, how will that work? Uh, uh,
3: so uh, when you're booking your, your move-in slot, uh, there'll be a, an induction, which takes about 15 minutes to complete, which covers all of the key health and safety requirements of halls, some of our commitments to students and, and, and some of the expectations we expect from students when they're living here. Uh, that's the best place to start with learning about halls information. And then when you arrive, there's actually a, a, new, a new space uh, at UK, and that will be a, a really good platform to get more information about residences, learn about Amy's team, but also uh, report maintenance contact us, give us feedback, all that kind of good stuff.
0: There's lots in the media at the moment about how, you know, it's young people spreading the virus. This is the main messaging that seems to be coming through um, as we're recording this. This is a chance to change that narrative though, isn't it? We're responsible young people who who are playing by the rules. You know, we're no, you know, want a better word threat to the community this is not going to be a situation where you know we're going to you know we know we know what we need to do to keep ourselves safe to keep the, the whole community safe.
1: I read that headline with great interest because I thought yeah that, that's something that's really relevant to us but actually when you start to read the data the two groups that are actually peaking at the moment are the 20, 20 to 29 and 30 to 39 group and we're largely dealing with students in halls who are first years and probably just under that bracket and they had a far less um spike in COVID cases than the age groups that probably have already left university and graduated and and in the workplace. So it's interesting um, how the statistics can produce a headline but aren't necessarily uh, accurate when you look into them.
3: Yeah I think there's one more point to that as well isn't there around around assuming that young people are going to cause a problem with this when young people have been through the exact same lockdown we've all been through and they completely understand what's at stake if they don't follow the rules. Uh, so we, we fully expect students to follow the rules because they're, they're just as aware as everybody else is about how important it is to do so.
2: I also think there's probably, you know, students are going to want to follow those rules because they're a lot of them are moving to university for the first time. They're not going to want us to go into a second lockdown. They want to have this experience and they want to be living in Brighton and living in our student community. So I feel like the students are going to be taking that responsibility on themselves and doing everything they can to ensure that they're following the guidance and following the rules that the university are setting too.
0: So we've talked about that with the the media, but there will be temptations to have a party in the halls. It's a it's a it's a well trodden tradition that people do it. But um, what can you say about not doing that? And again, you know, it's against the law. You know, maybe that time will come. This isn't it.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the, the benefit is in in halls flats. You're between six and eight people typically, and that's a, a good social group anyway. And you can still follow the same, the same benefits we have at the moment uh, since the past lockdown, which means pubs are open, different venues are open, outside spaces are open. And being in Brighton and Eastbourne, you're on the, the doorstep of wonderful beaches and wonderful countryside locations, as well as lovely bars and the, et cetera. So we, we, we recommend that there's plenty of things that students can do within the realms of the law, which we're very lucky that that's still a possibility at the moment because we're maintaining the social distancing. And there's also other bits, which I, I think Amy can touch upon.
2: Yeah, just to kind of follow on from what Henry said there, obviously we are organising kind of a a calendar of social activities for students. So that's going to be things within halls of residence run by the student RAs and also the Student Union as well. They play a huge part in kind of getting students together, building that community and giving opportunities for social activities. So, you know, there are other options. It's not that there's going to be nothing available to students. Um, It will just be slightly different, I guess, from what we've had before.
1: Yeah, and just just to finish up on that, ultimately, you know, we're going to have to follow what the law says, and it's the same for all of us. Um, And and ultimately, we're not allowed to have parties in our homes at the moment. Um, And, and, you know, in the university setting, we've got staff on site, security on site, and so on. So we can, we can try and manage that. Um, But I think everyone understands why we're in this position, and hopefully um, should follow that guidance. Yeah.
0: And there's going to be um, a sort of pledge, I guess, known as the University Community Commitment. Is that right? Who would like to take that up and, and describe uh, what sort of thing we're looking at there for, for students? Uh,
3: yeah, I, th- I think um, the community pledge is a very simple way of describing what we expect from students and what students should expect from us. And most importantly, with our residences, what well, it's easy to understand that you're in a, a bubble of halls and that's your residential community. We are also part of a big community in Brighton and Eastbourne and respecting that is just as important. And our residents will respect students and students must respect that. And protecting the spread of the virus is a big part of that pledge.
0: And it's essential, really. Where will that be um, accessible, Henry? When, when will people see that? Uh,
3: we, we look to have it ready to go by the time students arrive uh, and we'll communicate it in many different ways. So it's really consumable for students.
0: Yeah, and, it's, and it's, I guess it's more of a, um, it's more of like a, a commitment um, to doing something which is right for the community rather than, you know, a, a, a set list of, of rules which you must obey and we're going to police. But this is really showing that, you know, this is a this is pledge to, com- to keep everyone safe.
3: Yeah, and it's a two way street because we expect students to expect things from us uh, in, in both in regards to keeping them safe and, and, and maintaining halls and maintaining these communities. And, and the same way that we expect students to follow the law and, and follow our rules. So I think it's a, it's a really clear, simple message to students that we're all in it together with our local community too.
1: Now, I think you're quite right there, Henry. We are all in it together. And this is, you know, staff as well as students. So we're here for each other. Hmm.
0: What about uh, signage, social distancing, um, how visible is all that around the campus? I don't know if you want to take this one, Richard, from the start, um, and uh, could you just describe what the policy is going to be regarding things like the the wearing of face coverings when they're going to be required?
1: Yeah, so the university has produced in-house a, a huge number of uh, signs explaining a variety of different measures, such as the face covering, one way systems, uh, hand sanitizing, things like this, and they're very visible. They're black with a bright yellow text um, across the whole university campus, including the halls. So they're very visible, clear instructions when you enter a building about what is expected in that space. Um, and uh, I mean, the staff are using them now, so we kind of sort of dry running, testing out that process uh, before the students do arrive. Uh, and then That's as true. for the Um, face covering policy, um, we've adopted uh, you must wear a face covering when you enter a university building, um, that's staff and students, uh, until such time as you reach a space where a risk assessment identifies that either a face covering isn't required or a different control measure is required. What about
0: services, Henry, like uh, food outlets, uh, gyms, are these going to be available for students when they arrive?
3: Yes, absolutely. Uh, all campuses have got uh, food services ready to go, and we've been preparing that for over the last six months. Uh, so that that's all ready, and we've put other services in place within catering outlets, so they'll be able to click and collect items. So there's no need to queue. Uh, there's there's is now cash cashless services, so we can can maintain lack of contacts around outlets. And we've also distanced tables and followed the same advice that the whole the whole sector would follow for hospitality, and the same thing applies to both to to library services to to social spaces around campus and to gyms. So you'll be able to get the same, the same services you'd usually get on campus, but we've just made sure they're much more safe to, to operate.
0: The government guidance, it's always going to change. How will, I mean, you know, we all have a responsibility to keep up with what the guidance is, but how will students be informed um, about how it might affect them?
3: Yeah, so for, for halls in particular, it's, it's our job to communicate things as simply as possible. So we'll make sure that through multiple ways, including uh, meetings with SRAs, to emails, to to things in between, that everything's very clear to students and what's available. And we'll do that every time we need to. Uh, So it'd be very, very clear for everybody.
0: Amy, it's gonna be a very different start to the year, but what tips would you give to people moving into halls in general regarding um, settling in, making friends? the usual kind of stuff that you would do um, at any time?
2: Yeah, I think it is going to be, um, it is different. There's there's kind of no getting around that. But for students, I hope that it's still an exciting time. You know, this is a huge transitional stage in many students' lives moving to university. And it's where they kind of really develop that sense of self and sense of identity. So hopefully it will be still an, an overall really positive experience for them. And in terms of top tips, my top tip is always just, engaging with the support that's available, engaging with social opportunities to meet different people in halls, even if they are virtual, and reaching out and asking for support if you need it. We see so many students that come to us, I don't know, at the end of the first term or in the second term and say, oh, I was really struggling with this in my first few weeks and they haven't accessed any support. Um, So my top tip is always just to reach out and ask if you need help and you can ask a student RA, you can ask somebody who's been through that experience the year before you and has probably been through a lot of the same issues. Um, so yeah, my top tips are always just to engage with support and just make the most of all of the opportunities that are available to you in the halls of residence and in our uni homes.
0: I think one of the last things to sort of ask would be about getting from halls to um, the city or town um, or, and, and on campus as well. Um, what's the guidance regarding travel? I guess it's try and cycle walk as much as you can and and not use public transport where possible
1: so yeah the university um even before covid um you know we're one of the most sustainable universities in the country you know always um score very well in the green league and you know walking cycling and, and green methods of transport are always preferred and brighton um doesn't have a particularly good road network anyway so driving and, and relying on those as a network uh, uh, is often frustrating so encouraging the green uh, transport initiatives is, is something we've always believed in uh, that's now more true than ever because of course some of the public transport systems are, are, are reduced in terms of their capacity so of course buses are still running the university has its own bus um, but if you can if you're just going for example from your halls at Morscombe to maybe study at Grand Parade, it's, it's probably about a mile and a half. Walking's quite easy. Cycling routes in Brighton are quite good. There's Brighton bike scheme, which is available across
3: all campuses. So you can just rent a bike and just go, uh, and you'll be able to lock them up in, both in locally to halls areas but all around campus and all around the city. So that's a really good scheme. I think my, my advice to students is to check out the travel blog, which I don't know the link off the top of my head. It's somewhere on we'll the We'll put website, it in the podcast and. description. Perfect. And, and Lucy from this uh, environmental team does an amazing job at describing and, and giving tips and stuff both for staying sustainable in halls, but also traveling around campus. And she's got some great tips there.
0: Great. Thank you so much, all of you for coming on. Any final words of advice?
1: I think I'd like to finish off just by uh, saying something about our, our department slogan, a uh, logo. We brand ourselves as home from home and that's very much a philosophy as well as a logo and a, and a slogan. And I think that was always true. We're here to provide the students home. That's a really important part of their new life at university. And I think that's just as important now as it ever was. Great advice.
0: Um, look, thanks so much, all of you for coming on. Really hope that's been useful. If you are coming to study with us, And you're moving into halls. Next week, we're going to focus on a general return to campus forum with staff who've been involved in the safe return to campus ahead of the new year. So there will be something in there for everyone. Uh, Loads of key information for all students. Please do download that next week. It'll be out on Friday the 18th of September. Thanks for listening.